0: com. This is the Brian McClanahan Show. 3, 2, one, zero, 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 zero. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. This is episode 66. Glad to be back on the program. Before I get started, I want to talk about a couple of things. Number one, If you like this podcast, please share it around on social media. Go ahead and uh, like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, like my YouTube page. I do post all of these podcasts on YouTube, so if you want to share them around, that's a great way to do it. Also, these are on SoundCloud, so um, you can go out there on SoundCloud and follow me there as well. Also, sign up for my free email. If you do, just go to my webpage, brianmclanahan.com. Give me an email address, and I will give you a free ebook and a free audiobook of Forgotten Founders in American History. So uh, go out there and do that now. Number two, I know a lot of people contact me through my website, and I get these emails all the time. If you have contacted me and I have not responded back to you, it's not because I didn't read your email or because I didn't think your email was important. But I get many, many emails, and I have many things to do. So. Uh, I don't always have time to respond to emails. I do appreciate the emails. I do read them. If I didn't respond back to you, please don't feel slighted. Uh, It's just because I have a tremendous amount of things going on. So eventually I will get back to you. It might take me a little while, but um, usually I do respond. If I don't respond, um, I apologize. It's it's just because of time. So if you do want to shoot me an email, please do that or, or a comment, a suggestion for the podcast, whatever you would like to do. Uh, please send that over. I do look at them. I just don't always have time to respond. Okay, that said, what is the topic for today? Well, we're going to talk about education, and um, this is something that I focused on in my Politically Incorrect Guide to Real American Heroes. I actually had a section in that book of the anti-heroes, and one of the people in that section was uh, John Dewey, uh, who was considered to be the founder of modern education in America. But there's several things I want to talk about with this, and it's actually a Think Locally, Act Locally theme for today. I haven't done a whole lot of that recently, and so I wanted to you know swing back around to that. Uh, I've talked a lot about foreign policy and, and presidents and things like that. So I want to go back to really the heart of why I want to do this podcast, and that is that theme of Think Locally, Act Locally. And there's no better topic for that than education. And what got me thinking about this was um, I was reading a little book by a man named Lee Sandlin that's entitled Wicked River in the Mississippi when it last ran wild. And it also got me thinking about a southern historian named Francis Butler Simkins, And he wrote a book uh, entitled The Enduring South. Um, And in that particular book, uh, he mentioned that the South had always gotten a bad reputation for being an area that was opposed to education. He said this simply wasn't true. First of all, you did have the well-educated elites in the South, uh, but Southerners were interested in education. It was just a different type of education. They weren't necessarily fond of the public school system that was foisted on them by the North and the Prussian-dominated model of compulsory public education. They didn't like that. I mean, you did have education reformers like Thomas Jefferson in Virginia, but for the most part, that... Tr- that The way we look at Education today, which we think is traditional education, that compulsory public education system, that wasn't traditional education. Uh, traditional education is what we would today call homeschooling. Uh, and so you had a lot of people in the South and the upper crust who were engaged in that type of education. And I would dare say that they were better educated uh, than most Americans are today. They received a classical education. And so in the homeschool community, you do have that type of model that a lot of people follow, the classical model. Also included in that classical model is, a, is an attachment to rote memorization. You go out and you memorize things and then you recite them. Uh, part of that uh, process is also uh, where the teacher will go out and read a passage and the student has to memorize what they're saying or at least transcribe it as they are saying it so this is an essential skill that students need and I think that's often uh, missed when we start looking at modern education but that said southerners were interested in education and Simpkins points this out and uh, it's a type of education that people don't often focus on anymore Uh, its uh, practical education Uh, and practical education was very popular in the south So it was things like how to hunt, how to provide for your family, how to fish, how to can, how to uh, do things that are essential for survival. Uh, It was knowing how to have uh, rudimentary carpentry skills or mason skills uh, or things of that nature. Uh, It was how to live in the 19th century without having somebody do everything for you. Uh, even if they didn't do that, of course, you did have, because the South was a slaveholding society, you did have uh, the slaveholding popular the slave population uh, would be involved in those type of activities as well. They did things, and they had a a firm grasp on the technical aspects of survival in society. Simple things like growing your own food; uh, these are things that a lot of people can't do today because. We have a grocery store around the corner. Uh, or, you know, providing for yourself and, and knowing how to do things in your own house uh, so you don't have to hire everything out to somebody else to come do the work for you. And I think that's a byproduct of the modern education system. If you look at Americans today, particularly young Americans, they can't fix anything. If something breaks, they throw it away. Uh, they, have, they lack all of the skills that are necessary for simple survival. And that's because the technical education, the things that a Southerner's, the practical education, is not even being taught anymore in any way whatsoever. In fact, that particular type of education is seen as something that's reserved for the less intelligent people in society, the people that can't do anything else. They can't study, so they're going to go out and learn a skill, a trade. And I think that's, that's problematic. Um, it wasn't... It, Intelligent people uh, used to have these types of skills all the time, all throughout the United States. Now, you did want to cultivate uh, a high level of book learning, but book learning doesn't always produce intelligent people. Uh, And I think we miss that. Um, You know, we all want to have a Ph.D. today, whereas we can't figure out how to change the piping under our sink uh, we all want to have an advanced degree, but we don't know how to change the oil in our car. Uh, we all want to have an advanced degree, but simple carpentry skills don't exist. We all want to have advanced degree, but we have uh, two, uh, you know, two left thumbs, and we can't go out and uh, plant some food because we don't know how to make it survive. And honestly, I mean, I was brought up in that same type of environment. Uh, My brother knew how to do everything under the sun, fix everything, do everything. I mean, he could. He could do anything like that. Me, I was interested in reading books, and so I never learned those essential skills. And I think that's, uh, again, in the millennial generation, we are producing a climate where that is true as well, because everyone wants your kids to go out and become smarter and learn with books, because white-collar jobs are easier jobs. There's no doubt about it. Uh, going up into an attic and installing, uh, you know, an air conditioning ductwork when you're 65 is, is a hard thing to do. Uh, so if you can be sitting behind a desk at 65, well, that's a little easier and a little better for you to do. So we, we often think that, well, we want our kids to have an easy life, and, and that's true. But by not teaching these essential skills, we're actually putting ourselves in a bind because you rely on people to do these things for you, and what happens to those people— can't do those things for you, don't have time to do those things for you, uh, you often run into a problem, or you don't have the money to pay somebody to do those things for you, uh, you, can't, uh, you can't have uh, basic technical things done in your house. Uh, young people can go out and program computers, and they can learn how to you know, work apps and all kinds of software on your, uh, on your computer, but they can't do other things that would be necessary for uh, basic survival in life or, you know, just basic tasks that need to be done without hiring somebody out. Now, on the other hand, hiring people out does help the economy. Uh, you are supporting your community by hiring people out. And if you have the money to do that, and you don't have the time that always works well, but a lot of people don't have the money and uh, they, they don't uh, necessarily have the means to go out and hire everything out. So it would be good to have these technical skills. So practical education, something that the South was very much interested in for years outside of the compulsory public education model, uh, is something that really needs to be revisited. Uh, And this is a situation where you can look at it as a think-locally-act-locally situation, uh, whereas uh, if you can do these things for yourself, you keep money in your pocket, uh, you are providing for your family, particularly if you do have a family. Now, on the other hand, Uh, If you, uh, and I've mentioned this before, if you can hire these things out, you know, think about supporting your community in that way and helping people in your community by hiring these things out. But when it comes down to education, this is why uh, a lot of people are starting to advocate homeschool and other things. First of all, you can get that classical education that's been lacking in your modern public education system. And second of all, you can teach these essential life skills that are uh, now being uh, neglected in public education. Uh, when I was in school we still had shop, we still had home ec, we still had those type of things. And I dare say those particular programs are not being taught in your public education system as much as they used to. The other thing that uh, we don't often uh, focus on is mentorships. Uh, and this was also a part of this idea of practical education. Uh, you would have people in the community Uh, whether it was in your family or extended family or uh, friends of the family, who could mentor people about how to be a proper man or woman. And that's something else we've lost in society. You get it in your churches, I think, uh, many times, but you don't often get it anywhere but that. Uh, We don't go out and teach young men and young women how to be proper young men and young women. And when we, we when it happens people are shocked oh my gosh those people are so polite or uh, they have good moral fiber or their ethics are excellent uh, but this was actually a, a considered to be an important part of adulthood you mentored younger people how to be better men and women and it wasn't how to go out and be rotten people how to go out and be immoral men or immoral women how to uh, go out and uh, you know miss uh, mistreat people or uh, mistreat your finances or mistreat your obligations to society. There was a particular aspect to this in America that we often called republicanism with a lowercase r, how to be a good citizen. And men and women were responsible for teaching the next generation of people how to do that. They weren't self-absorbed and worried about uh, their what's on TV or things of that nature. They were worried about Uh, what the next generation of people would be like. Now, this wasn't the case everywhere. And you had very rough areas, particularly on the frontier, where no one was doing this. But as civilization moved in and society improved, you often had people that would try to ensure that young men and young women would be reared properly. And it wasn't just in your own family. Now, of course, that is the one area you have the most control over, is your own children. How to make sure that they are reared properly, and that also comes back to the idea of homeschooling. Most of the time, homeschooled families have a better understanding for this particular concept than anyone else because you're not sending your children off to uh, the public education factory or the private education factory even. And that gets back to this idea of what education has become today. And so in my book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Real American Heroes, I focus on John Dewey. And a lot of people don't know who this guy is. Um, I think that uh, he's much more known today than he used to be, uh, uh, particularly in conservative circles or libertarian circles, because there has been some focus on John Dewey and progressivism in general. But John Dewey was one of the great scoundrels in American history. Just like uh, on Tuesday I talked about Dean Acheson, who was a great scoundrel in American history when it comes to American government and foreign policy. John Dewey was a great scoundrel when it comes to uh, modern education. And that's because he was behind every aspect of what we consider to be modern education. Uh, He was the greatest proponent of what used to be called teacher's colleges, but are today just your education departments in every college in America. Uh, We now teach teachers how to be teachers. Whereas it used to be you taught teachers the subject material, and of course they had good teachers that they learned from, people that would teach them the material, and that's how they taught. But what happens is that Dewey goes out and says, "You know, we need to teach educational theory. Forget about the subject material so much because that's traditional and that's top down, and that is not what good education is all about. What we need to do is teach people how to have educational theory and how to uh, work a classroom." And I'll never forget when I went to college, um, I dabbled in this for one semester. I went and I thought, "You know, I want to. I want to be you know, teach history." And, uh, so I'm going to go and get a degree in, uh, public education and I'll go teach in a high school somewhere. And, uh, I thought that sounds like a great thing. So I took one education class and I dropped it in about three weeks because this thing was awful. They were teaching you how to do, uh, you know, billboards, uh, you know, bulletin boards. They were teaching you, uh, all these different, uh, uh, pedagogical, uh, uh techniques that um, just didn't seem to me to be even what I wanted to do. I wanted to go and, and teach history, and I wasn't getting any of that. I looked at the curriculum, and it was very light on history and things that I really wanted to learn, and long on educational theory and how to uh, how to uh, set up lesson plans and things of that nature. And so, you know, I'm sure that teachers that listen, this think, well, lesson plans are important. And, of course, planning out how you're going to do things is important, Uh, But when that becomes the focus of everything that you do and you are light on the material that you have to learn to actually teach, that becomes problematic. And I remember, you know, when I first started teaching in college, uh, I had a friend of mine tell me, you know, you're going to write down everything you know about your subject and you'll have about two lectures on it. And then you're going to spend the rest of the semester figuring out what you need to talk about. And that's precisely the way it was. Uh, my first uh, year teaching at college, I actually had what are called preps. I had five preps that I had to do. So that was five different classes I had to teach in a semester. So I would go to sleep at about midnight and wake up at about three for weeks to try to get all of my preps done because I was writing lectures, I was write, making uh, you know PowerPoint presentations, all the things I had to do. And This was very, very difficult, and I was having to do it, and I realized I don't know as much as I think, even though I've got advanced degrees, uh, I still don't know as much as I think I do. And so that was you know, a wake-up call. And I can only imagine if a teacher has gone out and they haven't had as much subject material as they need, um, they, uh, they, don't, they don't know what to talk about. So they rely heavily on the textbook, and they rely heavily on the material that's given to them uh, in order to teach the material. So you don't have experts in your field. You have experts in education. Uh, How to uh, you know again? How to manage a classroom? What what uh, techniques I got to use to try to reach the student or that student uh, rather than the material itself that's more important? And again, this all goes back to John Dewey. Uh, So, uh, and this also works with you know podcasting too. For uh, coming up with topics for podcasting is difficult, and then you know having uh, the ability to talk about that topic for thirty or forty-five minutes, even twenty minutes, can be a daunting task. If you, if you, because preparing these things is is rather difficult. So Dewey uh, created this climate where uh, you were uh, you were intended to be an expert on education, but not an expert in your field. And I say in the book uh, this this idea of spreading educational theories was like bees spreading pollen, but more like spreading cancer because that's exactly what it was doing. Uh, and I say you know every American parent who sees the problems in American schools, who believes that the education system is corrupt and failing, can thank John Dewey. Uh, now, Dewey uh, would often say, look, people have taken my theories and they've run with them in directions I didn't intend. That may be true, but he's, he's, he's spreading the germ. And people are going to naturally take things further than what you think they should. Uh, so, uh, Dewey... Uh, was very much behind the idea that parents needed to be removed from the educational system. In fact, he called schools laboratories, and the idea was to create child-centered instruction. Now, what does that mean? Well, child values are more important than traditional values. Uh, And so uh, when you look at what these child values were... It was things like uh, selfishness, consumerism, self-gratification. These are child-centered values. When kids have to teach themselves and they don't know anything, they're going to teach other kids what they don't know. And this is a major complaint about education today, peer pressure. Peer pressure, bullying these things that are often you know on the front page news now, peer pressure. Why is it students go off the rails? Because their peers are pushing them off the rails. Or they're getting abused at school by their peers, and that's creating a climate of hostility. There's no learning going on there. They're more concerned about the prom than they are about actually learning anything else. And students will naturally, if you let them teach their own curriculum in a way, they're naturally going to make it easier. Uh, they want less bang for the bucket. There's a person who used to teach at the institution where I teach, he doesn't teach there anymore. Uh, He wasn't even there when I got there, but there was always a running joke going around. This guy used to say that college is the only place in the country where you want less for your money. You want to pay for your, your degree, but you don't want to actually have to learn anything. You just want the piece of paper so you can go out and say you have a college degree and not actually do anything for it. And I think that's because of the modern education system. Students gravitate to easier work less challenging questions, and fewer memorization exercises. I see it all the time in history. Students will come up to me and say, I don't understand how to study for history. Well, did you take notes? No. Did you, did you memorize the material? No, because you didn't tell me what to memorize. Well, my, my answer to that is everything. You need to, you need to understand the material. Uh, if I, And this is a, a byproduct of uh, you know, study guides and studying to the test And saying, you know, here's, I'm going to ask you this question on the test, learn this phrase, and I'll leave one word out, and you just have to substitute that word. But this is what's going to be on the test. Now, some people would say, well, if they memorize that, they're actually learning something. That's not true, because what they're doing is putting it in their short-term memory, and they don't actually memorize it. They might look that over and, okay, yeah, I'll remember that for the test. And then two weeks later, they don't know anything. So we don't know how to memorize things anymore. And that is a key component of, say, uh, history, but it's also a key component of mathematics. Uh, for example, you've got to memorize your multiplication tables or your uh, division tables or your addition and subtraction tables. And some people don't even do that anymore. It's part of writing cursive, uh, cursive handwriting. You have to essentially memorize how to do these things, and people don't want to do that anymore. That's too time-consuming and challenging. So if you let students... Uh, set the curriculum and set what teachers want them to do. They're going to make it easier. Naturally, this is, happens all the time. Uh, you know, my wife said the other day, people are more than happy to show that they don't want to learn anything nowadays. Uh, that this is too hard. When you know, when if a student complains about something, uh, it's it's just it's too hard. And that when I was in school, you didn't do that. You never said this is too hard. Uh, you um you always rose to the challenge and said, I want to show that teacher that I can make an A on their test. I want to prove to them that I'm smarter than they think I am, that I'm smarter than I think I am. I can do this work. I had a professor in college uh, who the first day of class said that, you know, welcome to hell. Half are you going to fail and half are you going to drop? Essentially that nobody was going to pass that class. And I looked at that as a challenge and I made an A in that man's class because I thought He's going to, I'm going to show him that I can do this work and it was one of the hardest classes I ever had in college but it was worth it because he actually taught you something and you had to work hard on that particular class so what is it that students are learning Well, they're learning social interaction they're learning social responsibility uh, they're they're uh, not necessarily engage in a very competitive environment anymore think about that too students don't we don't want them to be competitive everyone gets a trophy this is John Dewey at its best or I should say at its worst. This is John Dewey. Uh, uh, Dewey said, quote, "Uh, education was not a preparation for future living. It was itself a process of living. Uh, And um, he said that a school was primarily a social institution and should serve to stimulate the child's social service so we're going to socialize these children what they wanted to do was replace the family with the teacher or more importantly replace the family with the school the school and the friends became more important than the family and think about how that works today in every school in america whether it's your uh, private school or your public school a lot of times students believe children believe that their friends are more important than their mom and dad or even their brothers and sisters they come home and they say you know my friends are my family the the uh, school is my life forget about this life i'm i'm bored around home i'm irritated with my parents because they're trying to tell me something i don't want to hear my friends don't do that uh, my friends let me be who i want to be no one's telling me what i got to do and this is part of the social interaction the social world becomes more important what your peers think about you is more important than what your parents think about you what your family thinks about you it's more important for everyone in your peer group to like you than it is for your parents to think that you're an upstanding citizen. It's more important for your peers to like you than for you to do the right thing morally or ethically. And this is this comes down to this Dewey model of education. Uh, in fact, one of Dewey's disciples, a man named George Counts, went so far as to advocate a new social order built by the public school system. Now, Dewey rejected that, but that's exactly what we've created in America today. We have a social order that is centered in the public schools. Thank John Dewey. So a lot of people who are leaving, uh, education and going to homeschooling, which is not an easy choice. I don't want to glamorize, uh, the, uh, the choice of homeschooling. It is very, very difficult. Uh, anyone who does it and does it well, uh, knows that it's probably the most difficult thing they've ever done in their life. Uh, and it's not easy. Uh, it's it's much easier to send your kids off to school. But the reason a lot of people are doing it is because they're looking at the school environment and they're saying not only are they not getting a, an education. Now, this is not a knock on the teachers because I think there are some teachers in every education system that really want to teach kids. They really want to go out there and have them learn the material and become much brighter. But the problem is the social environment doesn't allow for that. We We champion stupidity today. Uh, we champion uh, making, you know, being a dunderhead. We champion the social, the popular kid over the smart kid. We champion the athlete over the student, uh, and that creates an environment where the student, the real student, is picked on, called a nerd, these type of things, and they are they are made to feel inferior. Uh, we gl- we glorify, uh, you know, signing day for athletes. But yet nobody ever talks about the student that goes out and gets a 1600 on the SAT and goes out and is going to be a top-notch student at some, some college in America. We just don't do that anymore um, because that becomes more socially awkward. Now, I think there is something to the idea, and I talked about this in a prior podcast, the Sprezzatura the idea that you have these well-rounded individuals who can do lots of different things, and it kind of comes naturally to them. We need to cultivate that as well, not social awkwardness. You do need to try to create uh, uh, students who uh, do interact well in society. And, of course, I think one of the problems is social media and computers and other things. Nobody wants to talk to each other anymore. But, uh, that said, we don't, we don't uh, champion the, the bright students. We've created a social order in the schools and that social order is, is essentially the lowest common denominator. Uh, and anyone who steps outside of that is often criticized and picked on. So uh, this, is, this really is a byproduct of the modern education system. And again, thank John Dewey for this because his disciples were the ones that did this. So uh, a lot of people are leaving the public education system because they want their kids to be free from the peer pressure and the bullying and the abuse that they get in school. Uh, they don't want them around stuff that they don't want their kids to know yet. Uh, how they're learning things in second or third grade or even earlier that they wouldn't normally have learned until they were teenagers before. Uh, and so that's the social environment that people are trying to avoid. It's not necessarily the education all the time. It's the social environment. it's the it's the uh, the constant peer pressure that's awful for these kids to deal with. so uh, we we have abandoned certain types of education in favor of others. Uh, We've gotten away from technical education or practical education uh, because everyone wants to be a PhD. And these are some of the major problems with education in America. One thing we have done, though, and there have been studies about this, Americans feel great about themselves. They think they're awesome. They think that they're they're just great people. They know everything. But yet, when you compare them to students from other countries, other parts of the world, uh, they don't. And uh, particularly in in regard to practical education and things that are necessary for everyday life, you know, cooking up something on the stove, they don't know how to do it. Uh, So these are some failings of of modern society. Uh, We can't do things of basic survival. We can't fix things in our own house. We might be able to read books, uh, if that, uh, but we don't know how to do things to survive. And then we may not even be able to read books. We might be able to navigate social media. We know how to use Facebook. We know how to use Twitter, but we don't know how to do much else. So this is the major problem uh, with American education today, as I see it. And this is why a lot of people are leaving the education environment. And again, this all goes back to John Dewey. Uh, it all goes back to the idea of compulsory public education, the Prussian model of schools, what I started with. And when I was talking about the, the, the Lee uh, Sandlin book, The Wicked River, he talked about, uh, you know, this idea of, of education in this area. I mean, it was all practical, uh, the kids ran wild all the time, and they learned practical skills, and that's all they needed on the frontier. They needed to learn how to farm and those other things, and they weren't necessarily concerned about book learning, though when they did learn get book learning, they were classically educated, and you find that in their writings and the way they interacted, uh, the way that they uh, discussed things in society. So that part of education has also been lost because of the modern education system. All those things, in my mind, are tragic We are creating an environment, a society in which nobody is classically educated and also nobody has any skills, and that's a recipe for disaster in the future. Uh, When you make things easier and you want people uh, to just follow the easy path, this is why it becomes so much easier for companies to hire foreigners uh, who are still getting a high level of education to come in and take very good-paying white-collar jobs in America, and not just that, uh, when you don't have people that have technical skills, um, then you start losing that part of society as well. So we're in a real, uh, we're in a real pickle in America uh, with our modern education system and what's happening with students. Uh, and it's just unfortunate because uh, it could be done a lot better. All right, so that's it for the Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next time.